Hello. Oh my goodness. Second episode. So excited. Thank you for joining. If you haven't been with us, my name is Shad. I'm the host of this Christian podcast, Grace Through Faith, where we talk about all things Jesus. I'm so excited that you're here. Man, I, the devil gave me some obstacles for this episode. I have recorded this three times already. The first time the recording, the camera was like black. I don't know why. I didn't have the cover on, wasn't that? It was just black. The second time, the audio was completely gone. And the third time, it was like like the light was flashing. It was real weird. So I couldn't use any um, of the video or, or the audio because it wouldn't match up. So fourth time, praise God for <laughs> the patience to do this four times. Um we're in a different area today. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just thought we'd switch it up. I can't believe it is like three days till Christmas. I got my red nails in the spirit. I'm fairly casual today, but I'm very excited. Today we are talking about identity. Amen. Identity has been a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a real long time, but I think it's a very important topic and it's a very big topic. And so I wanted, I really wanted to make sure that I was saying what God wanted to say and not what I wanted to say. But yeah, God's given me some things that he wants me to share with you guys about this topic. And I feel it's really, really important to share about because as God's children, we have a very special identity and a very important identity. It's important that we know what that is and that we are able to step into that. But before we get started, I'm just going to pray and then we can get into it. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that um, this you're in the heart of this message, Father. I pray that um, you would use me to say what you want to say, God. Um, and that I would just be an obedient vessel, that I would have the ears to um, hear what your spirit is guiding me to do and the wisdom and the discernment of the Holy Spirit to say what you're putting on my heart, Father. I pray that I would be an obedient vessel and that I would be your hands and your feet through this podcast. And I pray that um, even if it's just one person, Father, that um, this message moves them, God, and that they can feel you um, and that you would just touch their heart, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the first question I want to ask you guys is what affects your identity? What affects your identity? Is it who you hang out with? Is it things that you achieve? Is it your job, your successes, your failures, um, your experiences, things that you go through? What affects your identity? What affects your identity? And I think because a lot of the things that affect our identity aren't Jesus and the things of the world, that there is an entire generation experiencing a spiritual identity crisis because they don't know the Lord. And what, like, I feel like when people, when you ask people who they are, they just tend to rattle us, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, Charlotte. 
slow down, they tend to rattle off a list of titles and like their job, if they're a mum, a dad, a brother, a sister, all these kinds of things, but they don't actually tell you who they are as a person. And I think when you strip back all of that stuff, you strip back all of that stuff, that's when it's just you. When you take away your successes, when you take away your failures, when you take away your job title, when you take away the title you are in your household um, and your duty of that title, when you take away all of those things, then that is you. That is who you are. And I think a lot of people don't know what to do when they don't know who they are because when you don't know who you are, you also don't know what your purpose is. And I think that's why it's so dangerous to identify with things that aren't God because when, if you, let's say you, you attach your identity to your occupation, to your job, to your career. If you have a career change, if something happens and you no longer are working in that profession, then that part of your identity that you've attached yourself to, that you've attached it to your job, that will crumble and it won't be stable. It's not, it's not a stable um, foundation for your identity. And I'm just like, <laughs> when you tell me that you're a doctor, <sighs> like, okay. <laughs> you know how many people in the world are doctors? There are millions and millions of people who are doctors. That actually doesn't tell me anything about who you are. It tells me nothing about who you are as a person. It tells me that you're very intelligent, that you're very smart. But it doesn't actually tell me about who you are. It just You're just telling me you're the same as Johnny McFlanagan down the street, you know? I want to know about you. Because you're an individual. You're not the same as every other doctor in the world. And identity can be confusing because we do feel like we are the things that we accomplish, that we are the things that... Um, that we do. I think a lot of people have a great sense of pride in the things that they do and that they achieve and that's why they attach their identity to those things. And so I think when people go to answer that question of who am I, instead of first looking at who they are, they look at what am I called to do? They go straight to what am I called to do instead of first stopping to look at who am I called to be to fulfill that purpose. They say what is my purpose instead of first looking at who am I called to be to fulfill that purpose. In the Bible, in the Bible we are first called to be a child of God. We are first called to be, just to be. We are first called to be and then called to do. We are first called to be just as we are. And I think that scares a lot of people because when you are first called to be, you are not first called to go and do an action. So when you're first called to be just as you are, it forces you to sit and face that question of who am I? And a lot of people struggle to answer that question when they're not doing anything, when they don't have an action that they have to fulfill, when they don't have a mission. And a lot of people know, I think, like, as Christians, as Christians, a lot of us know what the Bible calls us to be. A lot of us can 
like rattle off a list of things. I'm called to be a child of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am called to have a spirit, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and power and of a sound mind. I'm called to be a new creation in Christ. And a lot of Christians um, understand that and can even confidently stand up on the top of a mountain and declare at the top of their lungs that they are a child of God and that God has called them to do this and this and that because of God, they, you know, they are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that they are a part of a holy nation and a purchased people and they can shout amen as many times as they want and give the Lord a thousand hallelujahs. But, but, they, don't, but they don't believe it because, and I want you to think about this, if God is not your God, if God is not your God, if he is not sitting on the throne of your life, if he is not what you are fixating your eyes on each and every day, then what he says about you isn't going to change you. What he says about you isn't going to change you. And I think the big reason that God isn't on the throne of most people's lives is because they've subconsciously, falsely, um, rooted their identity in something that isn't from God and they cling on to that so much because that's what they find identity in and that's what they find purpose in that they just can't let it go and so that thing is sitting on the throne of your life because you find that the very essence of who you are has been rooted in that and that's what's sitting on the throne of your life and this is why to know who we are called to be God has to be on the throne of our life. We have to know God. We first need to identify. We first need to identify with God before identifying with all these other things, before identifying with our purpose, before identifying um, with God's plan for our life. We first need to identify with God. I saw this video the other day. Man. Man, <laughs> made me so sad. And TikTok reels, videos, little shorts, whatever you call them. Man, they're manipulative. They're so manipulative. They play with your emotions. It had like all this sad music and it was real like dark and the guy was sitting there and there was rain on the window and he had his head like down like this and it was just real sad. <laughs> that kind of made me sad, but what really made me sad is what, the little text in the thing said, it said, there are 8 billion people in the world. God doesn't really care about me. God doesn't really care if I give my life to him. God doesn't really care if, God doesn't really care. Man, that made me so sad. That made me so sad. That made me so, so, so sad. And I realized God put the little thought into my mind that when people say and say that, you know, God doesn't really care about me or when they ask the question, does God really care about me if there are this many people in the world? It's actually not a question about God, but they're questioning their identity because they don't think that they're important enough and of enough value just as they are for God to care about them and for God to celebrate them. If you think you lack purpose, if you think you lack meaning, if you think you lack value and the ability to be loved and cared about just as you are, man, I want you to know that you were wrong. 
Your existence is not a question to be answered. Your existence is, um, is of absolute certainty and of purpose. God created you intentionally. He put you on this earth for a reason. You were called for such a time as this. Nothing about you is an accident. Nothing about you is an accident. I don't think you quite understand how amazing it is that you are alive right now at this time, this present day and age. Like, I don't think you quite understand how amazing that is. Your very existence is proof enough that you were called by God and that you were chosen by God for such a time as this. God created you intentionally and with purpose. And I, man, I really want you to know that. And if you want to know, if you want to know what your calling is, you first have to know who you are without that calling. Because I feel like a lot of people don't know who they are because they don't know what they're meant to do yet. They're like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what this is. I don't know what I'm meant to do with my life. But if you want to know all of those things, you first have to know who you are without that calling, without that purpose. Because you were first called, your calling is just to be. You were first called to be a child of God. That is your calling. And I think a lot of people get confused with um, their purpose and their mission. God, your purpose, you are first called to be a child of God and then you're called to do. First called to be a child of God, that is your calling. And then you have a mission that God wants you to fulfill. And a lot of people get those two things confused. And the only way you're going to figure that out is if you know God You have to know God. You have to know your father to know who you are. Man, you have to to know God. You have to know your father to know who you are. And I originally, side note, I'm going on a little tangent right now. I originally wrote this episode because I knew God had put identity on my heart. I knew he'd put identity on my heart. Um, And I first wrote it and man, it wasn't right. God was like, girl, this is you. This isn't me. This is what you want to say about identity. This, is, this isn't what I want to say about identity. So I was like, okay, God. Like, so smack me in the face with that truth. <laughs> but I put on, when I went to go in and pray and think about what, and ask God what he really wanted me to say, I put on, I shuffled on my worship playlist. And the very, very first song that came on was a song called, it's called Dad's Song. And it's by Abby Gamba. I hope I said her last name right. And man, the lyrics of this song, so, man, it made me, the, like the first time, the first chord that it played, I just started crying. And this lyrics of this song speak so beautifully of the intention of God creating you, of how intentionally and purposefully he created you. And I want to read you the... Um, the first verse and the chorus of this song, and I want you to think about this as if it was God saying this to you, if it was God saying this to you. And it goes, Before the world began, you were on my mind. I wanted you here. It was by design. See, you have my voice and you have my eyes. Every detail fashioned with delight. You were made to be loved by me. 
I'll hold you close to my heart until you see that even if you never did another thing, you were made to be loved by me. Wow, like, thank you, Jesus, God, you're such a good father. Thank you, Jesus. Before the world began, God thought about you. He thought about you. And, man, you know the voice says, see, you have my voice and you have my eyes. And some of you are probably like, girl, I don't have God's voice. I don't have God's eyes. What are you talking about? Not spe- it's not speaking of it literally. What it's saying is you were made in God's image. You were called to be a child of God. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. Might not mean literally, but because God created you in his image, you have his voice and you have his eyes. And because God is perfect and God made you in his image, you were made perfectly by him. That's not to be <laughs> that's not to be confused by me telling you that you're perfect. Nobody is perfect except God. We are, we are an imperfect species. Species, species, I don't know. We are an imperfect species, whatever the word is. God is the only one who's perfect, but God never makes something by mistake. He never makes something that he doesn't love. Everything about you, he made perfectly because you were created in his image. Every single detail about you, every detail, every detail about you, he created and fashioned with delight, with absolute delight, absolute delight. You know, I know some of you, man, you hate your nose. Some of you hate your nose. Some of you think your hands are too chubby or too skinny and look like little skeleton hands or look like little oompa loompa fat hands. I know some of you think that. And man, for the women right now, when you wake up in the morning and you have a shower and you look in the mirror and you start crying because you don't like the way your stomach looks, you start crying because you think your thighs are too big or too skinny and you start crying because you wish you looked like the girl down the street, I want you to know that all those things that you hate about yourself, God created them with delight. He rejoiced when, they create, when he created them. He looked at all the parts of you that you hate and he said, that is beautiful. That is beautiful because it's his creation. He doesn't make something he doesn't love. You were created perfectly and with purpose to simply be his child, to simply be his child. When I say we have to know our father to know who we are, we have to know our father to know who we are. And God gave me this like little analogy and I'm going to tell you guys and this is what I mean when we say we have to know our father to know who we are imagine if and this is very unrealistic because us as humans we figure it out but just let go of your smartness for a second and just 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 humor me just humor me for a second just humor me and just think about this if we lived in a world when nobody knew, nobody knew that for a child to be conceived, a man and a woman had to have sex. If nobody knew that, there would not even be a basic understanding of how children were born. No one would know. No one would know. Women, women would just become pregnant 
and be like, oh my goodness, how did this happen? Nine months later, my stomach's so big and then I'm having these contractions and oh my gosh, there's a baby, how did this happen? I don't know how this happened. If no one knew that a man was a vital, essential part in conception, no one would know how they were created and who they were created by. No one would have any basic understanding of why a child, how a child came to be because they didn't know how they were created and they didn't know who they were created by. And that's exactly what it can feel like when you don't know who God is. You have no understanding of how you came to be because you don't know how you were created and you don't know who you were created by. You don't know who your father is and you don't know the father and the man that created you. That's exactly what it would feel like. That's exactly how it can feel. That's exactly how it can feel. Man, I want to read to you Matthew chapter 27. If you think that you're not important, if you're listening to that and being like, man, God didn't, like, God didn't do that. God doesn't care. God didn't think about me before the world began. If that's what you're thinking, that's what you're thinking. I want to read to you Matthew chapter 27. And I want you to let the reality of his sacrifice sink in. Matthew 27, 27 to 31. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters They gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand and kneeling before him, they mocked him saying, hail king of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him in the head. And when they had mocked him, They stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. Man, let let that sink in. Let that sink in. God was physically beaten. The king of kings, the creator of the world, was physically beaten, mocked, spat on, had a crown of thorns put on his head, stripped of his clothes, beaten, or when he had the power to save himself. But all of that, all of that was done by the, pe- the very people he came to save. The very people he came to deliver from his sin. And he was beaten, mocked, spat on, stripped of his clothes. Crucified, killed. All for you. All for you because that's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. He laid his life down for you because you were called First to be his child. You are his child. You are his child. That is what you are. You are God's child. And he laid his life down for you to save you. And man, it really, really breaks my heart that God's people identify with things that aren't God. Breaks my heart that God's people identify with things that aren't God. God wants you to know who you are, but he is the only one who can tell you. He is the only one who can tell you. And he wants to tell you because he loves you. 
It's like a father's love. Nothing. No one loves anything more than a father who loves his child. Like, can you imagine your parents having... Listen to... Okay, listen. Can you imagine your parents having a conversation? They're like, okay, let's have kids. We want to have kids. But before they get here, let's write down a list of conditions... So when they're born, we can read it out to them and tell them what it takes for us to love them. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Even before you were born, your parents had a list of conditions of what it would take for you to earn their love. Man. Like I know some people have parents who have put lots of pressure and expectation on them and they feel like they have to um, or they are told that they have to achieve certain things um, and that's how they feel worthy of their parents' admiration and love. And I know there's people out there like that, but God doesn't say that. God doesn't say that. God doesn't have a list of conditions that you have to follow to qualify for his love. He loves you just as you are because you are called to be his child. He calls you first to be his child. He doesn't call you first to go and be a doctor, to graduate high school with the highest score, to go get a scholarship to Cambridge and Oxenford and to earn hundreds and thousands of dollars and to feed 50,000 homeless people every month. He doesn't call you to do that and then say, because you've done that, now you can be my child. Uh -uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. He calls you first to be his child first to be his child and then he calls you to do like I said before in Genesis God makes us in his image he calls us first to be his children not to be he doesn't call us okay I call you to be evangelists preachers teachers doctors mothers fathers and then I'm going to tell you what to do after you've done all of that because that's how you earn who you are no You were just called first to be his child. And I feel like a lot of people are like, yep, God. Okay, cool. I'm your child. That's great. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. But what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, God? But you just need to slow down. You need to slow down. You first have to identify with God and then go do what he's called you to do. I'm going to hit you with a truth bomb. Go hit you with a truth bomb. Like, truth, that was my bomb, like that's my bomb noise anyway what are the truth bomb that i'm gonna hit you with are you ready three two one our identity isn't actually about us our identity isn't about us i just sang it to you to soften the to soften the blow our identity isn't about us yes it is our identity But our identity isn't about us. And if you are like, "Mm, you're wrong, just think about this. (laughs) Just think about this. We are called to be his children, his, to do mighty works for his kingdom, his again, his, his, to give him, him, the glory, his children, his kingdom to give him the glory nothing in that is actually about us yes we are the ones who are doing those things 
but our actions aren't about us at all. Who we are is not is not for us to to um get some kind of reward for being a good person or for accomplishing these things. Who we are is to our purpose for who we are, our identity is so we can share who God is with the world, that people would look at us and be like, wow, wow, something's different about him. Someone's different about her. They're walking with a little pep in their step. What, what's going on there? And then they become interested and then they might come up to you or they watch you for a little while and then they find out that you're Christian and then they're like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. She's Christian. He's Christian. That person believes in God and that's why they're different. That's why they have that's why they have a love in them. That's why that's why something's different about them because they're Christian, because they believe in God. And that's what our identity is actually about. And some people really struggle with that because we are a sinful we are a sinful creation. We are a sweet sinful. We are born into a sinful world. We're bound to sin. There is no one on this earth that has not ever sinned except for Jesus. Every single person has sinned. Every single Christian has sinned because we are a very self-serving. We're very self-serving. We're very self-serving humans, beings, whatever you want to call us. And we want it to be about me, 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 which is why when I say our identity isn't actually... We want it to be about me. We all want it to be about We all want it to be about us. All want it to be about us. How is this going to benefit me? How is this going to how is this going to serve me? How is this going to get me ahead? Which is why when I say that our identity isn't actually about us, people really struggle with that. And you need to get yourself off that pedestal. You need to get yourself off that pedestal. That's not how it works. That is not how it works. You know, I'm going to hit you with another truth bomb. Man, two truth bombs, two truth bombs, two. We know that the first commandment of the Bible is that we are to have no false idols above our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that that is the first commandment. And a lot of people are like, cool, I have no false idols. I don't worship wealth. I don't worship money. I don't worship success. I don't worship fame. I don't worship popularity. Good job to you. But you know what you do worship? You know what you do worship? Hmm? You worship yourself. You worship yourself. We are our number one false idols as humans. Us. We are usually the thing that sits on the throne of our life. And like, man... A lot of people don't actually realize that until someone tells them. So I'm going to tell you that you are probably your number one false idol. And what happens when we are false idols is that we put not our, not our spiritual heavenly desires. We actually put our fleshly, our sinful, our imperfect desires and needs and wants above God's. We put it above God's. And, like, that's not right. That's not right. To know who you are, you have to understand who God is. And you also have to understand who you are in that relationship. 
You were called to be a child. You're not called to be a mother or a father. You're called to be a child and a child follows and obeys their father. You're called to be a child. God is the shepherd and you are a sheep. You were called to be a follower. You're not the leader of that relationship. You're not the dictator of that relationship. You are to be obedient. You are to follow. You are to learn from his example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit off, slightly off topic, but very important to know. And I wanted to share with you guys, because I always try and use scripture to back up um, what I'm saying and what God's put on my heart. Um, so there's like biblical truth in what I'm saying. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, God was speaking to his disciples and he asked them, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And, you know, some of them had said other things. Oh, people say you're this, people say you're that. But he said, no, who do you say that I am? And it was when, it was when Peter recognized who God was, who God was not only in general, but actually to Peter, when Peter recognized who God was to him, that God in return revealed to Peter who he was. He revealed to Peter who he was and then revealed to him his mission. This is another example. First called to be, he first reveals to Peter who he is and then reveals to Peter what he is called to do. First identity, second purpose. First identity, second purpose. If we want to know who we are and what God is calling us to do, we have to know and recognize who Jesus is. And if someone was to come up to us and go, who is God? Who is God to you? Who do you say that God is? And you can answer that with certainty and faith. That's what you want. That's what you want. God is first going to reveal to you your identity and then reveal to you your purpose. He is not going to reveal your purpose to you first if you don't know who you are without that purpose. Because what you'll do, if God was to give you your purpose first and your mission and your calling, we as humans would search to attach our identity in that purpose and we would attach our identity in an action which is why God first calls us to be, which is why he first reveals to us our identity in him, in him, so we have a strong foundation of who we are. And so our identity is rooted in his truth and is rooted in him. So then when we are called to do things, when we are called to, when we are given our mission, no matter what the result of that purpose or that mission is, it won't affect our identity because our identity isn't rooted in that action, isn't rooted in that purpose. It's actually rooted in God. You ca- and you can't fulfill your calling until you know who you are. And the only way to know who you are is to know who God is. I didn't take a breath. I didn't breathe through that sentence. A lot to unpack, but I'm going to say it again. The only way to know your purpose is to know who you are. And the only way to know who you are is to know who God is. And why is that? Why is that? Why do you have to know who you are? That's not what I meant to say. 
Why do you have to know who God is to know who you are? Because he created you. It's as simple as that. Why do you have to know who God is to know who you are? Because God is the one who created you. He's your creator. It's like if you went fine dining, right? You went fine dining and the chef gives you a meal and it's got a hundred different ingredients, a hundred different ingredients from all different countries in the world. And he looks at you and he says to you, name everything I've used to make that. There's no way, there's no way that you could name all the 100 ingredients just by looking at it or even tasting it. You, you can't. The only person who can tell you what makes that meal, what all the ingredients that make up that dish, that make up that meal is the person who created it. And it's the same with God. The only person who can tell you what makes you you and what is the essence of who you are as an individual is God because he's the one who created you. Mm-hmm. If God is not on the throne of your life, like I said before, if God is not your God, what he says about you isn't going to change you. So if God is not on the throne of your life, then whatever else is on the throne of your life is dictating to you your identity. And because it's not God, whatever it's saying is wrong. Because it didn't create you, it doesn't know, doesn't know who you are. So whatever it's telling you is a lie. Whatever it's telling you is wrong. And if you're the one, if you're your number one false idol and you're the person who's on the throne of your life, you're trying desperately to build your identity in things that, and and you don't know what you're building. It's like a puzzle. Okay, I'm going to give you an analogy right now. It's like a puzzle. You're trying to put all these pieces together. First thing, you don't have the picture that you're trying to replicate. You don't have the picture you're trying to replicate. So you're just, you're just going off. You're just making it up as you go. You know, when you're a little kid, you lose a piece or you get so frustrated that you just like, "Mm, mm," for something in there. That's what you're doing when you're trying to build your identity. You don't know what you're trying to replicate and you're forcing pieces where they don't fit. And so what happens is you end up making a little picture of a cottage. Little picture of a cottage. And I'm going somewhere with this, so just just stay with me. <laughs> you end up making a little picture of a cottage. And the Holy Spirit's just telling me what to say. But man, God just gave me the whole thing. Man, that's so cool. Get ready for this. So you forcing pieces where they don't fit and you end up making a little cottage. But if you let God do it, if you let God put together the puzzle, he knows what he's creating. And so he puts everything where it's meant to be. And God ends up making, if you can hear that, that's my cuckoo clock. I really apologize. He knows what he's replicating. He knows what he's making. So he ends up making a picture of a palace. While the best thing you could come up with was a cottage, God actually puts together a palace and do you know I'm going to try to come close to the camera do you know why it's a palace do you know because God intends to come live in it himself 
Thank you, Jesus. God creates a palace. The best thing we could come up with was a cottage. But God creates a palace because he intends to come live in it himself. Because we are created in God's image, we are created to carry the Holy Spirit within us. The Bible tells us that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And that is because we are created in God's image. You guys know how much power the Holy Spirit has? Power, like The Spirit of God has so much power. There ain't no way... There's no way that that can dwell in a cottage. There's no way. Which is why the Holy Spirit needs a palace to dwell in because the Holy Spirit needs like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, needs space. It needs space, which is why you have to let God put together and build your identity piece by piece by piece because he knows how much space he needs to be able to move in. He knows how much space he needs. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I, I just love when the Holy Spirit gives me like, just like smack, gives me a word, gives me a, gives me a vision, gives me an analogy. That was so, that was so good, Jesus. Yay. Man, that made me so excited. Back to my notes. <laughs> um... Like I just said about God has to be the one to put together the pieces of our identity because one, he knows what he's creating. He knows what he's making. So he knows where the pieces go, but he also is building it because he knows how much space he needs to dwell within us. So God is the only person who can give us our identity. We are already made in God's image. That's the second thing. We're already made in God's image. We don't need to do anything else to be made in God's image. The moment we were created, we were knitted together in our mother's womb in the image of God. And what the enemy will try to do, man, the enemy has mastered the art and the power of suggestion. The enemy puts a question mark where God puts a period. The enemy has mastered the art of suggestion. The enemy will put a question mark where God puts a period. And that makes us doubtful. That makes us question things. And then what we try to do is because we become doubtful, we try to take control. We try try to take control and we try to put that puzzle back together ourselves. And when we start to question that, We are the person who takes control and we start to make ourselves in the image of things that aren't God. I'm telling you right now, you can't change the way you were created. You can't change the fact that you were created in the image of God. Some of the most satanic, atheistic, if that's a word, people that you know, they will deny it and they will try to change it. But they are created in the image of God and they can't change that. They cannot change that. So when you try to create and build your identity and create yourself in the things of the world and things that aren't God, it actually goes against the way you were created. You become misaligned. You become misaligned because your identity that you're trying to build on the world isn't aligned with the identity and how you were created by God you become misaligned and things just they're not in balance and which is why if God isn't dictating our identity it isn't going to work because we are created in his image 
So if we are identifying with things that aren't him, it just, it, it just like rebels. It doesn't work. And man, like us Christians, us Christians who have walked with the world and then were saved at a later time in their life, ask them from living a life completely where they had completely rooted their identity in things of the world because they didn't know Jesus, ask them how much their lives changed when they let God take control and they let the one who created them dictate their identity to them. Ask them how much their lives changed. When you let God dictate your identity and build your identity, there will be no question about it. You will not question who you are because it is right. It will flow. It is just right. When some, and this goes for the same thing in life. When something is God sent, your identity is God sent. It's for certain. It's for sure. It's not of question. It just falls together so perfectly. It makes so much sense. It falls together so beautifully and so perfectly that the only explanation for that is God. The only explanation for that is God. And it will be easy. It will be easy. Well, and what I'm saying, your identity, easy. It's perfect. There is no question about it. It's easy. It doesn't mean that the journey will be easy to getting your identity. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the journey is going to be easy. But when you reach your destination, man, it will be right. It will flow. It won't be easy, but it will be right. The journey won't be easy, but the destination is where you're meant to be. You're meant to end up at that destination. Mm. Oh man, God loves you so much. You are his child. You are his child. Mm. Man, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it on this one on this one sentence. If you don't know who you are, go to God. Go to God. Man, like I said, you have to know God to know who you are because he created you. He's your creator. It's like a vase, right? You don't ask a vase how it was created. You ask the person who created it how it was created. Hmm? That, I hope that makes sense. You don't ask a vase, vase, how it was created. You ask the person who created it how they created it. So if you don't know who you are, go to God. Ask the person who created you, who he created you to be and what he created you to do. And remember that you were first called to be, then called to do. So don't go to God and ask him what your purpose is first. Go to God first and ask him who he created you to be. And you have to know God. Like you have to have a relationship with him. Spend time in the word. Spend time in the word. Spend time in his presence and pray to him and worship him and spend time with God, talking with God in relationship with God. God loves a good chat. God loves to talk, man. I talk to God for hours. It's great. God wants to talk to you. So talk to God. Develop a deeper relationship with him and pray and ask him to reveal to you who he created you to be. And once he reveals that to you, he will then reveal to you what he's called you to do. And everything will become aligned. Everything will become aligned. 
God created you intentionally and with purpose. You are not a question to be answered. You simply are. And that is enough because God's called you to be his child. God's called you to be his child. God has a God has a blueprint for you. He's got a blueprint of your life. And he wants you to follow it. All you have to do is say, God, give me the plan. Give me the plan and I will build my life upon your will. I will build my life on the rock, not on the sand. Ask him for the blueprint and he will he'll give it to you. He'll hand it to you. Say, I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you want to know. I'm so excited that you want to know. Here's the blueprint. Look at all the beautiful things I have planned for you. Just ask God. Ask your creator who he created you to be. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray. And then that's going to be today's episode. Yay, man. Oh, love Jesus. Okay, dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you were our creator, that you created us perfectly in your image, that you created us with a purpose, that, and that you, but before our purpose, you created us to be your children, and that is enough. That being your child is enough. Thank you that you love us unconditionally and that nothing we could ever do will ever, ever change that. I pray if people are seeking to find their identity in you, that first and foremost, you would break the lies and break the bonds and the chains of things they have falsely partnered with and rooted their identity in. I pray that you'd break those lies and then draw them near to you and they would press into you and you would reveal to them who you have called them to be and what you have called them to do. Thank you, God, for all that you've given us. Thank you you have a plan for us and a purpose for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Sorry. Um, I just got to sing amen to you now. It's the rules. It's, it's the rules. It's the rules. I'm going to change it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I definitely enjoyed today's episode. I'm so glad that you came. Don't forget that God created you perfectly as you are because you are his child and he loves you so much. Have a lovely Christmas. Have a lovely Christmas. Um, and don't forget that Christmas is about Jesus at the end of the day. It's his birthday. We're celebrating him. So don't forget to celebrate him. But I hope you have a lovely Christmas um, spending it with um, your family, your loved ones, your friends. Um, if you're spending Christmas by yourself, invite God into that. You're never alone when you have God. You actually have three people when you have God. God is a three-in-one deal. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three-in-one. If you're spending Christmas alone, invite God into that. And he'll be there and you'll have, you'll have four people there. You'll have you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. What a party. That's the kind of party I'd want to go to. But <laughs> have a lovely Christmas. Um, God loves you. God bless you. And same as previous week and this week, next week the episode will be out 5 p.m. on Fridays. So I can't wait to see you there. I love you all. Thanks for joining. <laughs>